there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. Our beloved hosted Detroit on Sunday. Losers of six straight to our division rivals and losers of six straight on our home turf at Soldier Field with our last home win coming almost one year ago to the day. Did the Bears snap both those streaks or has it been more of the same? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week four review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. As I said just moments ago, almost a year ago to the day was the last time our beloved Chicago Bears won a football game in Soldier Field, and they pulled it off yesterday against the Detroit Lions, snapping a six-game losing streak at home and to the Lions. So I'm a pretty happy guy today. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the week four review episode of the Chicago Bears review, and you guys know how much I hate to lose to the Lions. So you can imagine how happy I was yesterday when we did not lose to the Lions for the seventh straight time. It was, what, December 30th, I think, 2012, the last time the Bears won a game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Lovey Smith's last game as our head coach to give us our 10th victory of the season. The only problem there is that uh, after eight games, we had seven victories, and when you add eight more, we only had 10 and missed the playoffs. So changes were made. Uh, yeah, some of those did not go great, and uh, the Bears are still kind of paying for that. Uh, at the moment however we did get our first victory yesterday we actually looked like a football team that showed up to work last week and practiced and prepared for their opponent on Sunday the Bears actually looked competent I've, I've been joking all day with my coworkers and friends about how um, it was nice to watch them play and not feel the urge to vomit or you know to to wonder how these guys can call themselves professionals and and all those very ugly pessimistic things that that came to mind when watching the Bears play especially the last two weeks against Philadelphia and Dallas but yesterday we're at home we're wearing the throwbacks uh, which are way better than those ugly ass pumpkin orange uniforms and I don't care what you guys say those are deplorable uh, awful uh, you know Donald Trump skin colored uh, uh, you know, jerseys, they're just awful, and I don't want to ever see them again, ever. Um, but uh, I hated those uniforms. You guys know this. But uh, we wore the throwbacks, which are pretty cool, and uh, blank helmets, which I'm not the biggest fan of, but it works with the throwbacks. And uh, we went out there and uh, played some decent football, especially on the defensive side uh, of the ball, only allowing six points. The final score, not as... Uh, is not indicative of the the margin that uh, margin of victory that the Bears deserved. The Bears deserved the seventeen to six uh, victory 
over the Lions, but special teams let them down there in the fourth quarter. Made the made the final moments of the game way more interesting uh, than it should have been. But um, you know, lots to talk about in this game. We have our knee jerk reactions, which um, I thought was kind of funny last week against the uh, against the uh, Cowboys. All four knee jerk reactions together totaled less than like three and a half minutes. I got four of them done in less than three and a half minutes, which means I didn't have a whole lot to say because there wasn't really much worth talking about uh, last week. This one, I think the just the first one alone for the first quarter, I think, is two and a half minutes. So lots to talk about with this game, how the Bears looked, how they played, how the defense showed up, Brian Hoyer's um, second start and uh, everything else. So when we go ahead and dive right in, first quarter knee-jerk reaction, the Bears uh, come out and start to take control. Knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter of the Bears and the Lions, and so far, it's going well for our beloved. Uh, the Bears have uh, have looked decent on, or at least, actually, they've looked competent on offense. That's been a huge difference from the majority of the first three games uh, of the season. They've, they've shown competency for one drive and they score a touchdown and then the rest is just like, you know, it's just, uh, you know, uh, it's just a mess. Let's just put it that way. And um, But the Bears had three drives uh, in the first quarter. Not one of them was a three and out. I mean, one was four plays, the other was five, but it's, you know, it's it's more of, it doesn't look like we're guessing out there. It doesn't look like a joke uh, so far uh, in the first quarter. Uh, The Bears in the middle, their second drive, 10 plays, 83 yards, finished off with a four-yard Eddie Royal uh, touchdown catch. The Bears up seven uh, to nothing. Um, You know, you almost hate to admit it, but it's the truth. Uh, The Bears got got lucky with a pass interference call uh the the linebacker covering jordan howard was was called for pass interference and i've you know gone back and looked at the play a few times and i still couldn't really tell you why other than the fact the guy didn't look back for the ball but the contact he made with howard came after howard dropped the pass i mean it really was a ball that that howard should have caught but uh one that really didn't uh wasn't affected until after uh jordan had dropped the football and then uh, i think it was white hair is the name of the linebacker uh pushed his uh, howard to the ground and got flagged for it so i'm not really sure what it was but we'll definitely take it it gave us first and 10 inside the five and the the Bears capitalized from there. Uh, on defense, we look good. We look good on defense so far. Uh, the Lions are basically in and out. Uh, I just saw a stat right before the end of the quarter. Matt Stafford, 14 yards passing on three for six uh, so far, whereas Brian Hoyer is in the, I think, the 70s or 80s uh, so far. Much more efficient day that Brian Hoyer is having. I think he's eight for 10 uh, right now with a touchdown pass. So uh, it's looking good so far. Akeem Nix has got a hit. I should say, has a uh, has a sack on, on Matt Stafford on the last drive. The Bears have the football right now. They're deep in their own territory, I think around the 20-yard line or so. Uh, we start the second quarter with the football up 7 to nothing. That was a mouthful, was it not? And I, I literally spoke 
almost as long about the first quarter as I did about the entire game with the Cowboys last week. And that's like and that's because, like I said at the beginning, we look competent. We look like professionals out there. You know, it, it's sad to, to, to joke about or, you know, to have, even talk about, period, um, just because that's something that we didn't see. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, we look so disorganized. We look so sloppy uh, out there like we really were just guessing about it. It looked like we were playing preseason games where you, you don't game plan for your opponent. You just go out there, you do what you do, and it works out. Either it works out or it doesn't. And that's kind of how the Bears looked against Philadelphia and Dallas. Like we had no idea what was coming, and we were just going to go out there and play our game. And if it worked, great. And if it didn't, that's okay too you know and we just didn't look efficient or prepared against our last two opponents and the Bears looked ready for this game you know there really wasn't that big a step up emotionally but we were playing well the fans were behind the team from the beginning there and uh, you know encouraged by the fact that it wasn't a joke uh, you know which is like I said sad to say but it's true it's true from from where the Bears have taken us, you know, to being 32 in the power rankings last week. If they weren't 32, they were 31 in just about every single power ranking that came out last week. The Bears are scraping the bottom of the barrel. And, um, you know, this is the this is the attitude that your fans will have when that kind of thing happens. When you sink that low, you know, this is what it feels like. This is. This is what it's like, the sarcasm or the pessimism you're going to hear from your fans. Well, at least that didn't suck. You know, it, it isn't it isn't positives. It's, you know, it's it's glass half empty, not glass half full. You know, it's like, well, the Bears scored a touchdown, so I guess we can I guess I'll keep watching, you know, that kind of thing. It's just uh, that's that's how low uh, we've gotten as Bear fans. Like we're not giving up. But we're not expecting much at this point. And watching yesterday's game is—it's a glimmer of hope. And we got—we got Indianapolis next week. We got Jacksonville the week after that. Um, both teams are one in three uh, at this point. Both teams are a mess, quite frankly. I mean, Jacksonville way too talented to be one in three, and Indianapolis to be quite frankly—I'm uh, not all that surprised they're one and three uh at this point actually i'm i think i'm, I'm surprised they're one and three i i just don't think that i'm surprised that they're not playing well because they they weren't a very good football team last year but um you know and and they did almost nothing in the offseason except sign the coach and gm they should have gotten rid of uh in the offseason but uh we'll talk about that with uh with our guest this week and it's either going to be josh wilson uh from stampede blue on sb nation or it'll be our good friend uh kyle frank from football is america who is our who is also a colts fan so i'll uh, maybe i'll have them both on what the hell who knows but uh just for the hell of it if the technology is cooperating maybe i'll get them both on while i can we'll see anywho uh you know going into the second quarter um, the Bears are dominating time of possession. Um, you know, Jordan Howard is, is starting to run the football a little bit better. And uh, we go into the half for the second time this year with the lead against the Lions. 
Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter of the Bears and the Lions. And here's the good news. The good news is the Bears are dominating time of possession. I think they, they may have broken 20 minutes time of possession here in the first half. Um, they are being they have uh, 230 yards of total offense to the Lions, 99 yards of total offense. Uh, we've gotten a turnover from Matt Stafford just before the half, killing a drive. Uh, almost was a pick six for Jacoby Glenn, his first career interception. Uh, so, you know, that's the good news. The bad news is it's only seven to three. With the way the Bears are, are quote-unquote, dominating this football game, uh, as ineffective as the Lions have been on offense, um, after that, that second drive of the game, the Bears have been equally ineffective on their own offense as far as being able to close. Um, it's been nothing but penalties and missteps in the second quarter, and that's what's kept the Bears from from, from making any progress uh, as far as scoring points or anything like that. Connor Barth missed another field goal, a 50-yard kick, uh, kicked it wide right. There were Robbie Gold chance uh, after he pulled that one off, uh, which was nice to hear, but uh, you know, if the, the Bears have no one to blame but themselves right now, this should be a bigger lead, at least a ten or fourteen to three score uh, right now uh, for the Bears. Instead, the Lions are still in this thing despite having a very bad first half, a very crappy first half for the Lions, a very good first half for the Bears, except for the fact that it's only seven to three, which means this is still anybody's game, and the Lions start with the football so uh, we'll see uh, what kind of uh, second half adjustments uh, are made by each team and see who comes out on top I'm, I'm guessing the third quarter is going to tell us a lot about how this thing is going to finish out so we have the lead we're, we're up seven to three but we should be up by more because the lions are playing horribly the bears look good but Again, we're not able to finish off the drives. Um, Connor Barth missed a field goal, like I talked about. That was not good. You know, he's we he's had three field goal attempts. He's missed two of them. That is that is bad. I mean, that like I I, I didn't hear today. I was expecting to see some kind of tweets online or something about that about the Bears bringing in kickers uh, today because uh, Connor Barth is not living up. Uh, to his end of the deal uh, up to this point uh, you know three field goal attempts he's missed two of them and um, you know not good not good at all but um, you know but the Bears defense really stepped up uh, yesterday especially in that uh, in the second quarter there right towards the end the, the Lions uh, putting some semblance of a drive together a uh, little miscommunication between Golden Tate and Matt Stafford and Jacoby Glenn jumps all over it basically it looks like um, uh, Stafford threw an out route uh, to Jacoby Glenn who was wide open down the sideline took the ball the other way and uh, you know stopped short uh, before uh, you know, gotten get, got pushed out of bounds. I think with like eight seconds to go or something like that uh, in the uh, in the quarter. So you know, it killed the drive uh, for the Lions. But the Bears weren't as good as they needed to be. There were penalties and uh, you know mental errors in the second quarter um, that we basically that we were played without in the first quarter. Second quarter, it kind of reared it ugly. It's it's ugly ugly head back in again. And I and I tweeted during halftime. When you have 230 yards of total offense, you have um, no turnovers, 
and um, 15 first downs or something like that, and you're only up seven to three, you're asking for trouble. You know, and you'll hear me talk about at the beginning of the third quarter, uh, knee-jerk reaction. The defense stepped up at the end, but at the very beginning of the third quarter, you started to get that old, uneasy feeling that you got at the end of the, the start of the first fourth quarter uh, in the Texans game, where all of a sudden the Bears are leading this thing, and then it just got away from them. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter: the Bears and the Lions. A much better quarter for the Bears um, was a little discouraging at the beginning. The Lions came back with the opening drive, uh, and they only had about 10 minutes' time of possession in the first half. They had six and a half on their opening drive alone, but a good goal line stand for the Bears uh, stops the Lions short. They had to settle for a field goal, making it 7-6. to six. And then the Bears came back with a drive of their own, a huge pass play from uh, Brian Hoyer to Eddie Royal. Got the Bears deep in the Lion territory. They finished off the drive for once with a touchdown pass to Zach Miller. They're up 14-6. to The Lions can't seem to get anything going. Uh, the Bears being much more efficient uh, on defense, um, being a lot stingier than they've been. The story of the game is the Lions only able to convert, I think, twice so far on third down, maybe three times all throughout the entire football game, as opposed to the Bears being in a swinging gate on third down uh, on defense. And uh, the offense really seems to be picking up. Jordan Howard uh, has been running the ball fairly well throughout the entire football game. Just had a big run there at the end of the third quarter. The Bears have the football. They're nearing midfield on the Lions, holding on to a 14-6 lead heading into the fourth quarter. So heading into the fourth quarter, we have a lead, a 14-6 to lead, so it's still a one-score game, you know, still kind of, uh, you know, nail-biting. But as far as, like, watching the game take place on the field, clearly the, the Bears are the team that came to play. The Lions uh, really couldn't get anything together. I mean, dare I say, and I hope Jeremy Reisman, our friend from uh, Pride of Detroit, doesn't hear this, they look like the Bears yesterday. They couldn't get anything going uh, on offense. They had no rhythm uh, offensively. I like to give credit to the defense uh, for that because um, despite the fact that we we did sack Stafford twice, but those were really like the only times that we got to him yesterday. The Bears did not overwhelm Matt Stafford with pressure uh, or anything like that. Um, I think Fangio's strategy yesterday was to sit back in coverage and not let Matt Stafford pick us apart because we really only rushed with four all day yesterday. Um, we didn't really go after him with exotic blitzes or, or anything like that. The Bears just kind of sat back in coverage and dared, uh, A, Matt Stafford to beat us, or B, let them try to run the football uh, on us, you know, and that didn't really work out. The Lions finished the game uh, as a team with only 66 yards rushing uh, yesterday. So a fantastic job from the Bears defense on that and the right strategy from Fangio or so it would appear, because even though we didn't get the pressure that we wanted to on on Stafford, um, he wasn't able to pick us apart because he didn't really have anywhere to go with the ball. I mean, Marvin Jones, the guy that absolutely victimized the uh, Packers uh, last week, over 200 yards receiving, uh, five catches for 74 yards. But as I'm reading that, it's like, really, he had that many? That's how insignificant his impact was yesterday. You know, so even though we were it, the, the the margin of victory or the margin of of uh, 
you know, that we had on the the Lions was only a one score game at that point. The way that the Lions were playing, it really didn't look like they were going to be able to catch up. Uh, and even though in the fourth quarter they did score a special teams uh, touchdown, the final score does not indicate, um, you know, that does not the. The final score doesn't tell the whole story. You know, it's one of those things where, yeah, the score was 17 to 14, but the Bears really dominated that game pretty much from start to finish. Knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Lions, and I'll be damned, folks, the Bears did it. Uh, for the second year in a row, we start 0-3 and, and then win game number four at home. But let's hope last year's trend doesn't continue and that be our only victory in Soldier Field this year as it was a year ago against the Raiders. But um, the Bears hang on in the fourth quarter. Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit too much drama at the end, if you ask me. The Bears give up a punt return for a touchdown to take it from 17 to six to four, uh, 17 to 14 after the Lions convert the the two point conversion. Um, the Bears got the football though; they recovered the onside kick, and because the Lions burned up all their timeouts earlier in the quarter. Uh, the Bears ran out the clock to uh, clinch the uh, victory. The first of 2016, snapping a six-game losing streak to the Lions. Thank God. I haven't been able to say that since 2012, that the Bears beat the Lions. God damn it. Finally, we beat the Lions. 17-14, to snaps a six-game losing streak to them. Also snaps a six-game losing streak at home. Uh, the announcers mentioned a couple times the Bears have never lost seven in a row in their home stadium, and that uh, that will also be true again. Uh, it is true now. So um, the Bears um, look better, much better, much more efficient. Jordan Howard over 100 yards uh, rushing uh, today. And, um, you know, so he looked pretty good. Uh, Eddie Royal over 100 yards receiving uh, and a touchdown pass today. So, uh, and Brian Hoyer over 300 yards passing uh, on the day. So a very efficient uh, day from the Bears offense today. Uh, they look damn good. The defense um, still had some places where they got exploited from time to time. But for the most part, their best game of the season by far. Uh, they only gave up six points, uh, even though the, the scoreboard tells you differently those 14 points aren't on the defense just the two field goals uh so very good effort uh from the football team the bears move to one and three and we go to indianapolis next week and the colts are a mess so we might be able to steal two in a row so let's talk about something real quick you see you, you heard me go through everything eddie royal over 100 yards receiving the majority of it coming on that big catch in the third quarter that set up the touchdown. It was a 64-yard uh, pass reception uh, on the part of Eddie Royal. He had the touchdown earlier in the, four, in the first quarter. It's really great to see him healthy, and it really makes you wonder what if from a year ago because Eddie Royal was pretty much never healthy last year. Uh, makes you wonder how much of a help he would have been healthy uh, last season because the Bears were, you know, Cutler was good. The Bears were, were decent despite the fact that they had no one to throw the football to. 
uh, last year with Bennett in and out, Alshon in and out, Kevin White gone, and Eddie Royal in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, and you guys have heard me mention a hundred times our starting receivers for the final game of the year against the Lions was Josh Bellamy, Mark Mariani, and Cameron Meredith. Those were our top three receivers going into that game, and I'd wager they were the only three receivers on the team uh, going into Week 17. So it makes you wonder what a healthy Eddie Royal would have been able to do for us last year if he was an option. Played a fantastic game. He's actually having a fantastic season. Uh, so far, I mean, he's definitely uh, doing a fantastic job. Um, but more importantly, Jordan Howard, 111 yards uh, rushing yesterday. Uh, let me see what his uh, per per carry average was. 4.8 yards per carry. So just below the 5.1 that the Lions allowed going into the game, but pretty much right there. Uh, 23 carries. 111 yards, no touchdowns uh, for him yesterday, uh, a long of only 17 uh, yesterday. So he was grinding out those yards. He he was It was very Matt Forte-ish as far as how he was putting those yards together, where he'd get two here, three here, two here, four, boom, 12 yards. You know, two here, three here, four here, boom, nine yards. You know, that kind of thing. It was really more, and a lot, and credit to Doe Loggins. We'll talk about him a little bit later on, but uh, for sticking with the run and you know i hate to say it uh just to be the the pessimist uh glass half empty guy but it really just looks like he stuck with it because it was working you know it just seems like he so easily abandoned the run against philadelphia uh and dallas but uh this week he did stick with it i don't know if that was a directive from john fox or if he liked what he saw from jordan howard and just kept feeding him the ball and eventually he's going to do something for us so uh, either way, 111 yards for Jordan Howard and 28 of 36 for 302 yards, two touchdowns, no picks for Brian Hoyer. It's sparking a conversation because John Fox said earlier last week, you guys heard me mention it, um, and I at the time kind of took it as nobody's job is safe, not even Jay Cutler's, um, but he said it again today, as a matter of fact. Uh, he mentioned it yesterday. He said it again today uh, when talking to the press that, you know, we're going with the hot hand. He's been saying that in the precinct when talking about our our running back situation. Well, obviously, Jordan Howard is the hot hand because Jeremy Lankford, God bless him, before he got hurt, he wasn't doing that. Neither was Kadeem Carey. Jordan Howard comes out, and he had some flashes against Philly. He looked good last week against Dallas. He had a fantastic game yesterday uh, against uh, Detroit. And Brian Hoyer um, was was decent against the Eagles. I mean, everyone was terrible against Philadelphia. It was just a horrible night uh, altogether. He looked good last week against the um, Cowboys, but the Bears didn't really challenge themselves offensively last week. You know, it, which is the kind of disappointing part that up to this point. And I don't know if, if they're afraid he's lost a step or if that's what they're seeing in practice. We still have not gone downfield one time to Kevin White. I don't know what we're waiting for. I thought yesterday would have been the perfect game for it with the way Jordan Howard was running the football. You do a little play action and just throw the ball down the field and see if you can't give Kevin White down the sideline. It didn't happen once yesterday. The deepest pass of the game was the crossing route to Eddie Royal yesterday that resulted in that 64-yard uh, reception that got the Bears in the red zone for the for the you know basically the winning touchdown yesterday. But um, here's the thing: 
Fox keeps saying it. He keeps talking about um, basically insinuating that um, the job isn't Jay Cutler's job to take when he gets back. It's not going to be there waiting for him like most people assume. Now, my initial reaction is, hold on, pump the brakes on that because it's and basically it's it's the telltale of Jay's career. So maybe that's why, you know, we shouldn't be patient with it. But the thing is, um, Jay did not have the luxury of an offensive line in either of the two games that he's played in this year. Okay, the Cowboy pass rush was virtually non-existent last week, so they so Hoyer wasn't under fire every single time he stepped back to throw the ball yesterday, and he sure as hell wasn't under fire yesterday uh, against the Lions. I mean, he did get sacked once or twice in the football game, but it was very similar to the way the Bears were getting to Matt Stafford and the fact that when we sacked him, that was pretty much the only time that we got a finger on him kind of thing. It wasn't like where... Yeah, the Eagles sacked the Bears four times, but they hit Cutler 26 times, you know, besides that. It wasn't like that. It was very much, you know, when when Hoyer got sacked yesterday, that was when the Lions got their – then and only then was when the Lions got their hands on him. Um, you know, just the, the – if you, you know, you want to play it fair, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough argument uh, to make because you cannot argue with how efficient Bryant Hoyer has looked. However – if you are asking me to choose between Brian Hoyer and Jay Cutler, I'm going to pick Jay Cutler, and here's why. Brian Hoyer has proven time and time again, God bless the guy. He's doing well for us. He's a backup quarterback. He is a backup, okay? He proved that in virtually every stop in his career, okay? He did that for years for Brady in New England. He was a backup at the start in Cleveland, he started as a backup in Houston, and whenever he got his chance, he was brilliant one day and bogus the next, you know. Um, and he might be good. He may be good for the rest of the season for us. Brian Hoyer is not going to be our quarterback in 2017. If he is, we're in trouble. We're just begging for it, okay? Like I said, Brian Hoyer is an excellent quarterback. He's the guy you call off the bench. He's John Kitna. You know, he's the guy that will come in off the bench and he'll uh, he'll put some drives together for you. He'll help you save the game. He might even help you win it. But uh, you give him that six days to prepare and maybe not so much. You know, I don't think that he's to be relied upon with the future of your franchise. You know, if you're looking to think about a guy to go 2017 and beyond, if you're asking me to choose between Hoyer and Cutler, I'm going to take Cutler. Cutler is the more dynamic quarterback he's got the bigger arm you know if i could put hoyer's head inside of uh cutler's body now we really got something you know because hoyer doesn't hoyer had a horrible game and made some bad decisions against the uh the chiefs in that playoff game that's basically the, the like the last thing that he was he was known for but for the most part he's a a game manager style of quarterback and he's playing now the way jay played last season he didn't take any foolish chances he didn't try to f make something where there was nothing and and things like that so you know jay went back to his old self because he was you know subject to the old offensive line that he had to face in the beginning in the early years uh, of the bears where 
you know, he's in the middle of a five-step drop and somebody's already on top of him. Before he even gets to step number five, he's got three guys in his face already. That's what it was like watching him play against Houston and Philadelphia. I think Jay could have had just as good a day, if not better, uh, against the Lions yesterday with all the time in the world that Hoyer had to uh, throw the football uh, yesterday. You know, I don't know if he'd have been 28 for 36 like Hoyer was, but I think that uh, maybe we'd have had some more big play potential because Jay has a bigger arm uh, than Hoyer does. And, um, you know, I know that you guys are going to give me some heat for this. I welcome it. Tell me why I'm wrong. If you think Hoyer uh, is the better choice and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but if you're asking me, you know, who would you rather have between Hoyer and Cutler? I'm going to take Cutler. I absolutely am going to take Cutler. He's going to be the guy that's going to win games for us. And Hoyer's the guy that you don't lose games with. You know, that he's the guy he's the guy that's not going to lose it for us. That's that's what Brian Hoyer does. We want to win football games. We don't want to not lose them. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think Cutler's the better choice for that. And if the offensive line can perform for Cutler the way that it has for Hoyer in the last two weeks, it could be a really, really scary offense, especially with White and Jeffrey and Royal all healthy like they weren't last year. So that's my two cents on the situation. As far as the running back uh, uh, game is concerned, we stick with Jordan Howard until the wheels fall off or until Jeremy Langford uh, steals the job or Kadeem Carey steals the job back from him. I mean, that's Jordan Howard has played too well. Um, you know, he's this year's Jeremy Langford. Because uh, Lankford was the starter, like Forte was the starter. Lankford gets hurt, like Forte got hurt. And Howard is the new Lankford who comes out and be like, eh, maybe we should stick with this kid. We don't need this other guy anymore kind of thing. So we'll, uh, we'll have to sit back and, and see how it, uh, how it goes from here as far as uh, Hoyer. And, I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting situation. Everybody wants to call it a quarterback controversy already. I think it's a little too soon uh, to be going there. I think the Bears need to take a step back. And I think if anything, if, um, you know, maybe if it means something as opposed to, you know, like if you want to read between the lines, I think more than anything it's a vote of confidence for Hoyer telling him that, you know, to keep doing what he's doing and then we've got a discussion. I think if Jay comes back this Sunday against the Colts, he's going to start. I, I really do. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what happens or what the game what the game plan is you know logan's uh doyle logan's is the o is the oc does he want to stick with hoyer does john fox want to stick with him do we want to put the cutler back out there and see what happens because the colts aren't exactly special in the pass rush area see what jay looks like when he's not under fire every single second of you know back to pass and and see what we got on our hands there i think he at least deserves a chance you know a very very short very tight leash at least uh, just to see what Jay looks like when he's not completely under siege every single second that he's back to throw. So, you know, if if you want to be, you know, I hate to say if you want to be fair about it, but that's that's the, the phrase that comes to mind. If you want to be fair about it, give Jay his shot to, to earn his job back and, and see what he looks like when the offensive line is giving him the time to throw. Because we all know, we all know when Jay has the time, when he can step into the throw, there is no more deadly accurate quarterback in the league. I mean, the list is pretty short uh, when it comes to accurate quarterbacks when he's able to stand back there and throw the football 
without uh, without being under duress. When he's under duress, he's throwing off his back foot. He's you know not using his legs. He's you know muscling the ball out there. It sails on him. He gets it picked off. So on and so forth. So you know, but when he's under when he's not under duress, when he can sit in the pocket, when he can move around, go through his progressions, Jay is one of the best. And that's one of those things that's going to plague his legacy for forever he didn't have offensive lines that could perform for him he was always constantly under pressure making stupid mistakes because he was always trying to make something out of nothing or trying to get rid of the football before he got murdered and you know it it tarnished what could have been a very solid career so anyway that's my two cents on it you know i have no problem if the bears want to stick with hoyer and go forward with there be you know, go forward from from there but if you're asking me to choose between the two, I'm going to pick Jay because I think he's the better quarterback and Jay's going to win us football games as opposed to Hoyer uh, going out there trying not to lose them for us. So, you know, I think if Jay was out there yesterday with the time that Hoyer had to throw the football, you know, we do have more points on the board. We're not just, you know, we don't all of a sudden, you know, your butthole doesn't get tight and, you know, you start clinching your butt when uh, when the, the Lions scored that uh, that punt return for a touchdown. All of a sudden we went dominating the game 17-6. to 6. Now it's 17-14. to 14. They're going to onside this thing. Oh, Christ. Now it's going to happen, you know. That doesn't happen, I think, if Jay's playing yesterday. So that's just me. So anyway, that's going to do it for the review of the Bears and the Lions, a victory for our beloved Chicago Bears as we're going to get ready for the Colts. But before we do, we're going to step aside for everyone's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for the week four victory over the Detroit Lions. And uh, let's go ahead and get the unpleasantness out of the way with our bear downs. It's a short list. Uh, bear down to Connor Barth. Dude, we got rid of a guy that's been here for over a decade. The last remaining player from our Super Bowl team back in 2006. He was the last Pro Bowl kicker the Bears have ever had. Uh, you know, he's. I think he's still in the top ten for most efficient um, kicker in history uh, of the game. Um, you know, he may not be a Hall of Fame kicker, but he's going to go down as one of the better kickers to ever play, especially at, at the very least, one of the best kickers of this of his era. And, um, you know, granted, the offense hasn't given you many chances to uh, to perform your trade, but uh, you've had three shots. You've missed two of them. Uh, thankfully, none of them have been critical uh, at this point, I mean, it would have been nice for to have a uh, you know to have that extra field goal, so it's twenty to six before that uh, before that punt return uh, yesterday instead of seventeen. But uh, nonetheless, dude, you got to make those kicks. I know it was a fifty yarder at Soldier Field, not the easiest kick in the world, but uh, you know you had the leg, you just hooked it, and uh, we can't have that. You got to make those kicks. So bear down to Counter Barth, uh, bear down to Tracy Porter. Uh, did not have a good game. Uh, yesterday uh, there was a big play that the Lions pulled off uh, yesterday uh, one of the bigger catches from Marvin Jones he catches the ball across the middle Porter is there but rather than trying to tackle him 
Uh, he tries to punch the ball out from underneath him, does one of those where he tries to come up from underneath and, and uppercut the ball you know, out from behind him, and uh, all it did was push Marvin Jones forward to give him more yardage before somebody else finally tackled him. Uh, then uh, I don't know if it was earlier in the football game, uh, very uh, you know, quick throw out to the straight to the sideline, and uh, you know Porter whiffed horribly on the tackle. The Lions were able to get a first down, um, and that's just how Porter looked yesterday. So not a very strong showing uh, from Tracy Porter. So much to the point that I noticed, you know, that's that's how bad it was uh, in spurts. Uh, speaking of which, so bad that I noticed Charles Leno Jr. Uh, bear down uh, to Charles Leno. The Bears had a, I think it was a fourth and one opportunity um, at one point, and um, it was his man, Charles Leno, cut right across his face, which is, it. as a former offensive lineman, granted I only played, you know, I was in high school, I played one year of, of college ball, but... Um, that was one thing that my coaches emphasized to me more than anything else is you never let a guy beat you to the inside. You never let him beat you to the inside. And he not only beat him to the inside, but pushed him back off the ball to where Jordan Howard barely actually it wasn't even Jordan Howard. It was Joyke Bell. Uh, it was Joyke Bell um, who got the, the, the handoff on fourth and one and was stuffed before he, he like he barely it was one of those where he, the, he got hit so early you were afraid he might fumble the exchange between him and Hoyer and because he, he cut right across Leno's face and uh, you know you just you don't let that happen if the guy wants to go inside number one you don't let him cross the line of scrimmage you bury him into the ground because then you just let your running back work work his magic with his with his field vision okay but not only did he beat um, Leno to the inside. He got across his face and into the backfield, made the tackle. You know, you can't let that happen. You know, you've been playing poorly. I practically begged Ryan Pace to replace you in the in the offseason. You're not doing anything to prove me wrong here, bro. Okay, we've had four games, and I think you have been in the bear down section for at least three of them. So uh, you got to work on that. Now, on to the positive side, bear ups. The obvious ones, Brian Hoyer, 28 of 36, 302 yards, two, inter- two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Jordan Howard, 23 carries, 111 yards, 4.8 yards a carry. Eddie Royal, seven catches. Uh, I think he also had 111 yards receiving uh, as well. He had a touchdown. Um, you know, bear down, to, bear down, to, bear up, excuse me, bear up to all three of those guys. Uh, fantastic showing yesterday, those those three guys right there, those were the steam that was driving the engine uh, yesterday. Uh, bear up to Zach Miller, another touchdown uh, reception for Zach Miller. And bear up to Jacoby Glenn. That interception right before the end of the half killed a promising drive for the Lions where they could have either narrowed the gap to 7-6 to six or taken the lead just before halftime with the drive that they have. Thank God for the miscommunication between Stafford and Golden Tate. Tate went inside when... Uh, Stafford is expecting him to go out. Jacoby Glenn, keeping his eyes on the quarterback, was able to uh, break on the football and make a decent play, not only make the interception, but get the ball deep into Detroit territory uh, before being uh, tackled. And then finally, I put him on the bear down list because of the way that that their units played last week. So I got to put him back. I got to, you know, 
I got to validate them or, um, you know, whatever the word is I'm looking for right now. Uh, Vic Fangio and Doel Loggins bear up to our coordinators. Much better performances. Your your units look prepared, ready to play. They didn't look like they were going out there just guessing, you know, and or and just looking completely dumbfounded about what our opponent was actually doing. Those guys came to play yesterday, and Fangio, especially on the defensive side, um, like I said, looks like he had the right strategy in place. Rather than try to send the house and get after Stafford and force him to make mistakes, you sat back in coverage, daring him to beat you. Uh, you know, because we weren't going to let Marvin Jones get 200 yards like he did last week uh, against the Packers. And quite frankly, aside from Eric Ebron, the Lions don't really have anybody else to throw the football to right now. So, you know, putting a bottle up on, on Marvin Jones and, and, and stunting uh, Eric Ebron's progress yesterday, forcing Matt Stafford to find somebody else to throw the football to worked out really well because we certainly didn't go after him. We got a couple of sacks on him, but it wasn't because we were sending seven or eight guys to get to him. Uh, we were rushing four primarily the whole football game. So uh, bear up to Fangio and Loggins because, uh, you know, the offense, defense played much, much better than they have in the last couple of weeks. Hopefully it's a trend that will continue as we go forward because Indy next week, Jacksonville the week after that, before the Thursday night game against Green Bay, 3-3 three and three is not out of the realm of possibility, you guys. So I, I hate to jump back on the, uh, on the optimism bandwagon so quickly, but if we can look like that against these next two teams, could have a couple of victory Mondays before we have to uh, – you know, but we have to go head to head on Color Rush Thursday uh, against the Packers in a few weeks. So, uh, you know, could be uh, could be a 500 football team in a couple of weeks. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, anyway, that is going to do it for the week four review episode of the Chicago Bears review. Feel free to uh, to tweet at me. Some of you guys do that. Um, you know, tweet me on uh, on Twitter at Shy Bears Review if you're not already following me. You can also hit me up on the Facebook page. Just search Chicago Bears Review uh, on Facebook or send me emails. We can do a mailbag. I don't care. Um, at or excuse me, Chicago Bears Review at Yahoo.com uh, is the email address for the show. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever you got, send them my way. Let's have a discussion and let's do it on the air. Uh, like friends because we're family here guys let's do it all together and uh, we'll be back on thursday with josh wilson from stampede blue on sb nation or uh, kyle frank from football is america or maybe i'll have them both on because i, I asked kyle if he wanted to be on because i actually wasn't hearing uh back from josh i finally heard back from him this afternoon uh he's in for for uh for this week so Maybe I'll have him on because if anybody listens to the Football is America show, Kyle complains all the time that I've not had him on the show and the Bears are playing the Colts, so I have a reason to have him on the show. So I think I might as well just go ahead and take advantage of the opportunity so he can shut the hell up once and for all. So anyway, so I might have them both on uh, just to just, you know, just cause. But uh, until then, uh, we'll see you back here on Thursday to preview the Bears and the Colts for week five. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.
Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.